For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's a full house tonight and that means it's three up front, which means leading the line is Cole. Cole, I trust you had a good weekend, mate. Very good, Dan, after that. Yeah, a very good weekend, Dad, by all. So it, it was just what we needed after the midweek. Absolutely. While returning from his scouting trip is James. James, it's a pleasure to have you back on board this evening. Always great to be back, mate. And uh, yeah, hopefully a, a nice positive podcast for us tonight. Absolutely. And also returning to the fold is Steve. Steve, it's been a while since we last spoke, but I hope all is well. Yes, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. I'm looking forward to this. Fantastic. Right, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Saturday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common New Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COYS underscore COM. Also on all the major audio platforms, that's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc, etc. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business is a comprehensive win over Burnley. Dare I say, Cole, even a perfect one. Yeah, it was um, It was just what was needed after midweek, wasn't it, Dan? And, and the kind of letdown that we had at Old Trafford. You know, I think we were all a bit deflated um, after that game because we were kind of going into it with some confidence. Um, so to get that kind of resounding performance. Um, and I think the most pleasing thing was was getting such a strong start and kind of seeing an, an aggressive and on the front foot Spurs right from the first whistle. Um, and I think obviously, you know, it was made clear after the game at Old Trafford, wasn't it, that Jose wasn't happy with the way we were starting games. And they certainly put that to bed on Saturday. Um, and that kind of win can only breed confidence, which is going to be good for us going forward. You know, got some tricky games coming up. So, yeah, really, really good, really pleasing. Um, and, and long may that sort of thing continue. Right, let's get to the listeners' questions. Actually, we don't have any. Now, I know a certain Mr. Sabah has a new podcast, and good luck to his venture, but there's more than enough viewpoints to go round. I know we had loads in the last show, so don't be afraid to throw them our way as well. There's plenty of Tottenham talking points. That's your homework for next week. Anyway, luckily, I've got plenty to discuss ourselves. So, James, like I say, the perfect game, the perfect start as well. You know, when you need your sort of your best men to do their job, Harry Kane, what, three, four minutes in, an absolute beauty of a strike. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's something that um, really kills our game is if we don't uh, start well and if we don't get get off the scoreboard quite early as well. You know, we get frustrated. Um, the fans get frustrated as, as, as well, especially in, in that stadium. You know, it starts to get a little bit tetchy if we haven't uh, notched early. Um, and you know, it was just what we needed. You know, um, to, to to get the ball rolling. Um, Harry, you know, back in back in firing form, which is great to see. Um, great to see that he's got the confidence to take a shot on from there. You know, an, an, an unconfident Harry Kane might have, you know, just played the easy pass. We might have ended up going backwards from there. But you know, it's great to see him thinking, why not have a pot shot and, and a, an absolute beauty, and that just set the ball rolling for, for the rest of the game. You know, it, it was a, a confidence that that bred into to the rest of the squad, and uh, and it was a, yeah, massive, massive that we started the game so well, um, and and great that we could continue it for the whole ninety minutes almost. And Steve, obviously, out the box very quickly and in double quick time, it's 2-0. A bit of a scrappy goal, not as good as the first or the goal that followed soon after. But you'd have to say, as blistering as Tottenham were, Burnley were absolutely awful in that first spell, weren't they? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I thought that uh, when Harry had his shot, um, I haven't seen seen that that for ages. I wonder if it's something that, um, you know, uh, Marino's come in and said, um, guys, you don't shoot, do you? You know, uh, you pass the ball around, lovely, um, but have you been told not to shoot from from distance? Um, We've seen Harry Kane do that. Uh, you know, loads and loads of times, um, you know, over his career, um, scored a brilliant, very similar goal um, against Everton, wasn't it? When when the game, you know, wasn't wasn't really going anywhere, and then he pulls that out of the bag. And what I'm pleased with is it was so early on, um, and, I, and I just want more more of our players to do that, really. Um, Burnley, uh, obviously, you know, came and, and I'd like to think that teams will start to do this now and come to Spurs and just think, well, it's a beautiful stadium. Let's enjoy ourselves. You know, not like, a bit like, you know, these, you see these teams go to the Emirates over the years and they've, they've gone there and they haven't, they've turned up, but to enjoy the day and it, that, the, the result that really doesn't matter um so hopefully it's a, it sets a precedent for other teams coming and rather than just you know being boring and sticking 10 men behind the ball constantly um they come and, and actually try and play um because you know that's what we want uh, you know that's why we pay the money to to um to watch a decent game of football um Burnley had their chances um a couple of decent saves but um, I think the obviously the, the, the second goal kind of uh, killed it, and then the third goal definitely did. We'll get to the third goal in a minute, and you have sort of alluded that Bernie did have chances. Carl, one of them hit the bar on another day. Chris Wood's effort sort of loops in, doesn't it? Thankfully, the clean sheet intact. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's nice to get that clean sheet, isn't it? Because defensively, we've, we've been kind of suspect lately. So, you know, that will breed some confidence. But as you say, you know, on another day, Burnley probably come out of that game feeling like they should have had at least two themselves. Um, and, and the only sort of, uh, not even a negative, but the only thing you would still say is we looked a little susceptible when they were swinging the ball in the box, you know, kind of men being free for free headers. Um, so there's still a little bit more sorting out to be done there. Um, but obviously, that that's going to work in progress isn't it and Jose will need a little bit more time with the squad you know might need to bring someone else in um, before we maybe get back to the sort of defensive you know stronghold that we had a few years ago but you know that clean sheet will breed that bit of confidence and, and will you know help us going forward in the next few games so yeah we, can, we can't moan um, Burnley will feel aggrieved they didn't score at least one but hey there you go that, that's that, that's for us to enjoy and James, when it comes to spurned opportunities, you'd have to say Deli Ali was guilty of not adding to his recent impressive tally. I think it's fair to say caught in two minds, wasn't he? You know, he neither really shot nor passed when neither was on. Yeah, I think you'd like to think that in his kind of vein of form and his confidence at the moment, you can just hit it, you know, back yourself and go for it. And But, you know, it, it's the, the elite mentality of, of someone like Deli Ali, and I'm sure he's feeding off Mourinho. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip but, uh, of him coming coming off uh, coming off the field, and even though we've we've absolutely trounced this this Burnley side, he, he's clearly not very happy with his own performance. You know, he bangs his boots off the floor. He looks uh, looks pretty upset with himself that he hasn't been able to to add to his scoring tally. Uh, tally, uh, go on, get the words out in a minute. Um, he's, he's scoring. Uh, tally, which has been fantastic over the last few games, but yeah, it's it's great to see that even though he uh, he's been playing really well and 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 the team's played really well, he's he's you know he's just not happy. He wants to go one better and he wants to you know he wants to be um, improving the team in every way he can. Which is what you want to see, Steve. Really, you know, obviously 
players will have bad days and it's how you react to them. So someone who is, like James says, an elite player, angry with himself, but you think to yourself, okay, surely he won't be that bad when we play Wolves or Bayern in the following few days. So a good sign, if nothing else. Who, who's that, uh, Dan? Deli Ali. Oh, Deli Ali. Right. So did, I don't know if you noticed when the, when the second goal went in, he kind of looked annoyed um, that he hadn't knocked it in, I think. I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he, he was uh, a, bit, a bit angry when he came off. Have you seen the clip of him um, t- throwing his boots off? Yes. Yeah. Um, so look, you know, he's, he's back to uh, back to his best. Um how we remember him a couple of years ago um and he's sort of taken on that uh, that i keep saying the phrase you pay your money to watch these players but he is the dembele now isn't he because it used to be dembele you as the player that you know you give the ball to him and watch him do his stuff and although he didn't score many goals he's just a joy to watch and at the moment deli ali is a joy to watch um you know, I did mention a while ago that uh, I know people are saying he wants to get his anger back, but we've got to be very careful with that because you can very, very easily see that anger turn into petulance. And, you know, there you go. You lose Deli Ali for three games because he's been an idiot. Um, so you've got to be careful with, with the advice that he's being given. Um, makes it very, very easy when Christian Eriksen turns around and says, no, I still want to go, because then the, the decision's made up for you. I don't know if you guys um, yeah, have ever run a little team or whatever. For me, I run a little football team, and uh, when, a, when a boy says, oh, I don't want to play in that position, or I don't want to do this, I just go, fantastic. You go and sit on the bench then, because we've got other lads who want to come in and you know we'll play anywhere for this team. And that's Deli Alley at the moment. Um, and uh, Ericsson obviously has decided, no, I still want to go. So it's perfect for Deli Alley. Brilliant. You come and be the number 10 and be the main man. It's brilliant. James, was it you who had the theory about Ali who's never been the same after that Claudio Jakob punch? Was it you? I can't remember. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that, that Jakob punch in, in the... It was in the run-up to Leicester being handed the title, wasn't it? So, you know, it, and I think he must have... Someone must have collared him and told him to to calm down. And after that, he kind of... He just didn't look the same player because I think he was he was wary of... You know, we our form tailed off after that game, whether that was because... Of of Deli Ali not being in the team, or or you know just how Tottenham being Tottenham because you know you know we all know how that season ended. Um, but whether that was down to Ali or not, I think he probably took it a little bit personally, and he probably got a good bollocking behind the scenes as well, and said you know you need to you need to kind of curtail you you're off the ball, you need to you know stop being such an idiot and stop being. You know, you look at Jack Grealish. You know, he's he's one. You know, another one. Yeah, another one this weekend. He, he a little bit off the ball, and then he's he's he's. I guess you'd call him a shit house. You know, he's he's kind trying to trying to rile up the opposition. He's trying to rile up the fans because he he plays with the arrogance that you know you, that top top players need. And you know, since since Delhi, you know, I guess in his head cost us the league title by getting suspended by punching Claudio Jakob. I think someone might have pulled him aside and told him to stop that and. Uh, and it, it'd be good to see him getting that kind of arrogance, arrogance and that swagger back because that's the, that's the kind of player that we need. When you look at Deli Ali, under Mourinho, he's been involved in seven goals. That's four goals, three assists. That's twice as many as was under Pochettino. So that's two goals, one assist and ten appearances. So quite the purple patch. Long may it continue. Now, if it wasn't his day, Cole, it certainly was Hyun Min Song's. 
I mean, I'll look back in 30 years and say I was there. My word, what a goal. Dare I say, shades of Hoddle versus Oxford. You know, when he sort of parts the Red Sea, slots it around the goalkeeper. How would you sum up that effort from Hume Min Song? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of them goals, isn't it, Dan? Like, as you say, that, you know, you just sit back and have to admire because it's just the pace and the speed at which he goes. You know, you can see the Burnley defenders don't want to touch him at certain points, can't get near him to touch him. Um, and you just have to admire it and go, well, yeah, that's one of them. that You, you can sit there and say, I was there. You know, that will be one of those goals that you'll always remember. You know, you, you, you'll play for the rest of your life. You know, there are certain Tottenham goals that, you know, I can quite happily just put a YouTube compilation on and watch, you know, Hoddle's chip against Watford at Vicarage Road, you know, where he does the little Cruyff turn on the defender, you know, and there's loads of goals, Tottenham, you know, Hoddle again against Oxford. But that Son goal will be one of them in years to come. You know, you'll be watching, as you say, with the kids, the grandkids and going, look at that. You know, I was there. You know, I was there watching this run going. He's not going to keep going, is he? He's going to keep going. He's He's going all the way. And then, you know, it was great because to have that composure right at the death to then slow yourself down, that is one of the most difficult things. You know, if you've gone on that sort of run, you know, to then get to the final point and then actually go, right, calm yourself, keepers coming, what am I going to do? You know, some players easily you know, don't have the composure in that situation. But Son, you know, just slowed himself down, composed himself, slotted it nicely. And probably will go, you know, it'll be a long while before we see another goal in that stadium that comes as close to beating that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be added to the sort of the, the montage, the countdown just for the game. Give it sort of a few weeks or maybe at the start of next season. That's going to be sort of etched in everyone's memory. But, Steve, I trust you were at the game on Saturday like myself. Is that right? Yes. Excellent. Yeah, so I want to ask you about the atmosphere. There was a lot more of it on Saturday, wasn't there? Yeah, um, I've got to say, uh, just on that goal, um, listening to the radio, uh, you know, certain shock jock, um, blamed the Burnley players, uh, said that um, they should have done what Sun did to Gomez and, and the Spurs fans, if they were true to themselves, would would be saying that, um, you know, that the, uh, the Burnley players should have done what would have happened if a Bernie player would have done to Sun what Sun done to Gomez? Um, would be all be you know he's a massive wind up, but the but the fact is um, that he actually took half the team out um, in our own half, um, so it wasn't as if he he picked the ball up in their half then then ran through for for a Bernie player to actually bring him down and think. Oh, this is dangerous. He, he he took on six of them in his in our own half. So, and and by the way, they weren't even close to him to, to bring him down. So the only guy I think that could have brought him down was the last one. And even then, I don't think he he, he had time to make that decision. Such was the speed of, uh, of of Sun when he when he put the afterburners on and set off. And I've got to say that when he took when he went round the last guy. I was like gripped, you know, gri gripping my son and, and uh, everything else around me, just going, please put this in because this is going to be one of the great moments in, in my Spurs supporting career. And it's fantastic when he put it in. The, the crowd went absolutely nuts. Um, it was a better atmosphere. Um, there was lots of good singing going on. Um, but we didn't do a big chorus of Nice One Sunny. And I was, I was thinking, come on, there was a few pockets of it but from behind the goal or, or wherever. But um, I thought that the, the entire stadium should have sung. 
Um, you know, we're getting ready, used to this atmosphere. Um, lots of, uh, you know, new people going to the, the stadium all the time. Um, and, you know, I, I think it'll, it'll get better and better as, as, as it goes on. Um, but I will, will say that I just think that that South Stand uh, could do a little bit better, actually. I'll be a little bit critical of them um, because uh, I do think they could, they could perhaps sing, uh, particularly you know, in the second half, um, you know, get, really get going and start a chant that, that, you know, goes on for a little while, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, much, much better. James, three and up, and I guess in the back of your mind, you're thinking, hang on, we've been here before. However, we mentioned on this show a couple of weeks back that in the past, Mourinho is someone who likes to win the first half and then just sort of let the game peter out. That wasn't the case. We may not have been as sharp in the second half, but we certainly put Bernie to the sword once again. So how pleasing was that for you? Absolutely, yeah. You say it, three nil up. Um, you know, we've seen against Bournemouth and uh, it was West Ham that we, we, you know, we conceded a couple of sloppy goals just because we switched off. And you know, you, you rightly say Mourinho he likes to win the first half, which I'm absolutely fine with. You know, if, if we get to three nil, that's abs- I'm absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm beaming at that point. Um, and, and I'm fine if, if he just wants to see the game out from there. That's what we should be able to do. Is you know, if it, if it was three nil at the weekend and we'd pass the ball around for, for the last half an hour, then I'd I'd still be just as happy. Um, what it is, is is switching off and uh, becoming lax on the ball, playing sloppy pl- passes and, and letting stupid goals in, um, uh, which is what we did uh, at West Ham and, and what we did against Bournemouth. Um, even against Olympiacos, you know, before we even scored our goals, we were, we were lax. And, and that's what I was impressed with, with us not doing against Burnley was, yeah, we, we kicked on and we scored a couple more goals, but we also shored it up at the back and and we you know we never looked like um letting it slip like like we did in those last few games so uh, it's much more impressive for me it's it's a it's a much more professional way to win a football match even without the the last two goals i think if it was 3-0 we would have we would have seen that game out without conceding a goal and uh, and that's that's going to be one of the, the biggest positives because you know it's not our attacking football that um that Mourinho is needs to sort out that's that's clearly fine we we've, we've been a, a free scoring football team since um since he took over m- mainly because of the confidence that he's given to Deli Ali and the freedom he's given to Sonny and uh, you know it's it's not that that's the problem it's 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 our back four that that needs shoring up our, our center halves need to be a little bit sharper um and and they looked they look back to their best on on, on the weekend and long may it continue Cole Harry Kane's second goal, just as good as his first, maybe not as good, but more importantly, his positioning on Saturday, really impressed with that, me personally, the fact he was almost playing both as a number nine and a number 10, and with great effect, you'd have to say. Yeah, I think that that first goal really gave him the confidence, didn't he? Because after that, he was kind of all over the place, you know. And, and not not only is that guy a great striker, but, you know, that through ball that he plays at a certain point to Aurier and cuts open their back four, um, he's got the lot, Hattery, you know. And when he's on fire like that, there's no stopping him. Um, you know, that was the kind of cane that was, that was missing on Wednesday at Old Trafford, wasn't it? You know, he rarely in the game, you know, his first touch was letting him down constantly. So was his pass in whereas on Saturday you know the guy was on it 
um, boosted by that early first goal, no doubt. And then from that point on, he wanted the ball all the time. He's got great passing ability, he can spot a pass, can thread a through ball. Um, and then the, the confidence was just flowing. So to also, you know, an emphatic finish for his second and then also a great assist for the last goal as well, because that was a difficult ball on his weaker foot to play back to Sissoko. Um, and he was just full of confidence. And when Harry Kane's in that sort of mood, then you just want to give him the ball because if he gets anywhere in and around goal, he's going to take a shot. And nine times out of ten, you know, the guy finishes. So if he can continue that form, then, you know, he'll be in with a shout for the golden boot come the end of the season. And I guess, Cole, it's the exact opposite of what we said on Wednesday. You know how we sort of discussed that it almost comes from the top down. And if Kane doesn't really get going, then you sort of feel that the rest of the team aren't really sparked into life either. Fit that on yeah. side Saturday, perfect example of how it does work from the top. That's it, as you say, Dan, that was what he said, wasn't it? On, on Wednesday at Old Trafford, Kane was kind of non-existent. And as you say, you could see that kind of drain from everyone else, you know, thinking, well, if this guy's not on it, then oh, we could be in real trouble. Whereas you say Saturday, that early goal comes. And from that point on, you could see his game was lifted. And everyone around him then is like, right, come on we're on this, you know, and Harry's going around, you know, giving everyone a G up and telling them, come on, you know, just let's get on top of this, let's do this. You know, you can see he's talking to the back four when they're going for corners, you know, he's talking to the whole team. And so it does, you know, he really is a key point of this team. And when he's on it like that Saturday, then it, it just seems to sprinkle down to the rest of them. And we normally get the performance we're after. And Steve, you wait ages for one Moose Sissoko goal and then two almost come along at once. What on earth is happening? Although, let's be honest, if he could add more goals to his all-round game, we could have an even better midfielder here, couldn't we? We could, yeah. What's, what's um, happened there, I think, is Dyer's come into the side. Um, so, you know, obviously last year it was Sissoko, Dyer was injured. But when you look at the side, it's a choice between those two. Um, playing them both, you know, a lot of people before the game are going, blimey, that's a bit defensive, playing the two of them. But of course, what that allows is Sissoko to then push right on forward because Dyer is going to sit. Um, we know that Dyer doesn't really get forward at all. So that just allows the guy to get forward. Um, he he uh, was uh, excellent against Bournemouth in that uh, Mora position. Um, and, you know, against uh, Man United, he came back into that defensive role. And I don't think we're using him um, how we should be. We, we, you know, he's a massive guy. I wouldn't want to play against him. Uh, you know, he's got his flaws, obviously, and his finishing uh, in previous games has been awful. But two really good finishes. Um, he can also pass the ball. Um, he played a couple of brilliant passes, um, to, particularly out wide to Sun. Um, and he's, I think he's thriving. I think he's... And I kind of had it in the back of my mind because obviously the first couple of games he didn't play. And I thought, you know, like any outsider, if you don't, if you're not a Spurs fan, he's the type of guy that, you know, you mention him in a pub to your other mates or whatever, and they go, Sissoko? Really? You go, no, he is. He is a handful. He, wasn't, he didn't used to be, but he is a decent player now. And I think he's one of those guys that has come in and is really impressed. And I love that attitude. I love that attitude where he's looked at it and gone, do you know what? I've not played in the first game or so, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to play my heart out and I'm going to get my place in that team. And, and let you know, if we were playing a cup final tomorrow, he'd be in that team. Because, and he's played his way into it. Um, so, you know, brilliant for him. Um, and I think it, you know, it comes hand in hand with Dyer. Dyer's presence. Now, Dyer is giving the ball away a little bit too much at the moment, but 
again, another massive player and um, can play a ball, uh, loves a tackle. And, you know, I, I want to see him play more and more um, because, again, he's another guy that you wouldn't want to play against, um, certainly. So, you know, and that's allowed Sissoko to get forward. So, yeah, all good stuff. And James, if we stay on the topic of midfielders, I guess it was a case of lesson learned on Saturday in regards to the Winks-Sissoko axis not being attempted again. You'd have to say we looked a lot better for it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was it was a massive um, sticking point against Man United was the the Winks Sissoko pivot just it just doesn't work. I think um, Musa has spent a lot of the last call it two or three years learning how to play that kind of right hand side centre midfield role, um, but it's it's suited more to a midfield three and and you know he is so so good at, at playing that that role because he, he covers his fullback so well. Um, However, when he's playing in that in that pivot with with Winks, he, he sticks so much to that right hand side that it kind of left Winks completely isolated in the middle, and uh, and it, it just it just didn't work because they were able to to use the overlap and and, and overpower Winks. And you know, I think it, it will work um, if we play someone like Dyer in there, and then um, Sissoko can play off the right hand side, and then. Um, maybe an Ndombele or, or a Winks on the other side of him, it, it gives the team a little bit more balance. But as for Winks and Sissoko, I think that that one um, won't be one that we see for a little while. I think Mourinho even conceded that in his uh, in, in his post-match interview. I, I saw him talking about um, Sissoko in, in his interviews actually, and he, he says he doesn't even see him as a centre midfielder. So uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I think his best position is is where he played played for France at, at, at the Euros actually. Um, in in a midfield three on the right hand side of it, you know. So, um, if, if that is the formation that we play, I think he'd be great there. If it is playing playing on the right hand side as, as a winger, then you know I, I'm all for it. If Mourinho thinks thinks it's a a good idea, um, but as as for Winks and Sissoko as a two, I just think it's too unbalanced, and and I don't think we will see it again. And Cole, if we stay on the subjects of French midfielders, your mate Tangui Ndombele, no appearance again. What do you make of his fitness or lack thereof? Yeah, it's slightly concerning, isn't it, what, what's happening this season so far with this guy? And even more so when you consider that, you know, he was brought in right at the start of pre-season. So it's not even like you're sitting there saying, you know, he was a Levy last minute buy and he's still taking time. So I think there are concerns around him at the moment and what's going on there. Um, I'm sure there's a great player there. And we've seen in little fits and starts that, you know, he looks like he could be promising. But it's starting to look like this season's becoming a bit of a write-off with him, which is really disappointing. Um, there is obviously fitness concerns there because, you know, the guy doesn't look like he can last 90 minutes. Um, you know, he's, he's walking more bent than my, my granddad when he comes off than he after about 70 um, needs a Zimmer frame to get off the pitch. Um, so it, it's slightly concerning what's going on there. But I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll be getting hold of him and doing what they can. Maybe what they could do and what might have helped is not letting him go on international duty. You know, when you're injured and not playing for your club, then you certainly shouldn't be being sent off to go and play for your national side or even join up with the squad. Um, and you should just be held back and, and focusing on your fitness. So he does need to put, you know, they do need to sort that out with him because you don't pay 65 million for someone who then doesn't really feature that often because, you know, that player should really be first name on your team sheet and we're building a side around him. Um, so we need to see him back because, you know, so far it, it's not looking great, is it? And Carl, stay with you then. Hypothetically, if and when he is 
full fit and, you know, raring to go, can he actually command a place in the first eleven? Like, where does he fit in in our current shape? Let's assume we're playing four at the back, two defensive midfielders, and then three and a one. You know, that kind of, like, attacking quartet. So, yeah. where does he fit in at the moment? I, I, think, you're, I think you'd find that if, if he was fully fit right now, Jose would probably be playing him and Dyer there. And, and he, you know, Tangai would be the one that probably gets told, you've got a bit more freedom, but I want you to go and get the ball and drive us forward. Um, and then Dyer can just sit and kind of do the dirty work and mop it up. As Steve said, you know, Dyer starts needs to start... Um, getting his game together a little bit in terms of his passing because, you know, he has been guilty of giving the ball away far too often lately. Um, but that's where I think you'll see him play in the fact that he can be box-to-box. You know, that's the player we kind of thought we were getting. You know, a box-to-box midfielder who drives with the ball, can get you out of trouble, can defend it in and around his own area, big, strong. Um, and it, when he does get that fitness, which I'm sure will come, um, we've seen glimpses that he could do that. You know, he is the sort of guy that can win it on the edge of your box and drive forward, and before you know it, you're on the edge of their box. Um, so that that's where I see him fitting in. It's just we need to try and get that player out of him because right now he's a million miles away from it. And Steve, we've referenced the use of long balls on this show recently. It's quite apparent that was the case on Saturday, not afraid to hit Burnley with them. All of a sudden, this is becoming quite a useful option. Again, it was displayed against Bournemouth. So I guess... As long as there's not an over-reliance on long balls and you become like a Route 1 team, the runs that the attacking four are making are becoming very useful, aren't they? Well, we we see the runs that Sun makes. Um, Mora's making. You know, I think Kane wants the ball up there a bit quicker as well because, you know, the, the, amount of, the amount of times you see him make a little run and he doesn't get the ball and then, and, and then he... He kind of stands there and you think, Kane, make a run. But actually what he's thinking is, no, because they're going to pass it around for another 10 minutes at the back, which was kind of Poch's, Poch's way, wasn't it? Poch was keep the ball, don't give the ball away, keep possession. Um, you know, the chances will come. But I think, uh, again, another little tweak where Jose Mourinho has come in and it's, and it's so, you know, unscientific this, but it is get the ball up the field in their half. Um, put them under pressure what you'll see a lot um you know i think i think we i think we over overestimate the talent of the defenders that we're playing against you put the ball up there they've got to then deal with it it with it you know by either controlling the ball if they've got time or heading it to one of their players you get the ball up there with a long ball they've then got to deal with it and you know what a lot of the time they're heading it out of play so now you're halfway inside their half with that we've got the ball they're heading it back into play, but it's not good enough because they're not a good enough player. So what we're doing is we're putting the ball in their half and we're putting the pressure on. And uh, yeah, it's it's not scientific at all. It's, it's almost anti-football, but it's it, it wins your matches and it puts pressure on. Um, you know, when that ball comes flying over from, from, from one of their players and, and, and you see, you know, Sanchez has got to deal with it. You know, we're sort of like, right, OK, Sanchez, you've got to be... You know, when it goes to Toby Alderweireld, you're very confident or, or, or Vertonghen because they're such good footballers. But that ball into, uh, you know, Sanchez, you know, he's got great qualities with, with certain other things. But, you know, a, a, a ball flying over at him with, with, a, with a big striker bearing down on him, you, you don't quite know what he's going to do. Well, we, we're doing that now to, the, to, to them. Um, and, it, it, again, it's these little tweaks that I think that Jose's come in and just said, guys, stop passing it around at the back a million times. 
get the ball forward, put pressure on them, and for Christ's sake, have a few shots. James, with the game petering out, it was a chance for you to come on. So Parrot, Sessegnon, Skip all making an appearance. That will certainly silence a few critics who say that Mourinho has no trust in young players. Although I guess the caveat here is that we were 5 up at the time. Yeah, I think it, it, we can't really take much from the uh, the substitutions he made um, other, than, other than bringing on um, Parrot, which was a, a good little little bit of confidence for him and, and, and shows that Mourinho does does agree that we have got a, a very special player on our hands there. But um, I would have liked to have seen um, Lo Celso uh, a little bit more, just, just give him a little bit more game time than he's getting at the moment. But you can't argue that I think the players coming on when it's 5-0 know that um, it's it's a you know it's just it's just going to be a cameo. It's just going to be um, just a little bit of football to get to get the minutes ticking over. But um, it'll be interesting to see who who we we go with um, at Bayern. You know he said that Harry Harry obviously isn't going to play. So whether he, he goes with um, Lucas or or he does go with with Troy up front, it'll be interesting to see. But um, I really hope that we see a bit more of Giovanni Lascelso. You know I I think we've got a real player there. Um, it's worrying that he wasn't a Mourinho signing, um, but Mourinho, you know, Mourinho said that he, he thinks there's a player there too. So um, it, it'd be nice to see a few more minutes for him on the pitch because if he is going to be um, that Christian Eriksen replacement that, that we are after, um, then he, he needs to start winding it up now and start start learning the Premier League now. Um, that said, though, I'm, I'm happy that that players like Skip and and uh, and Parrot got some minutes, and uh, and also great to see Sessegnon on the pitch for for the first time in a while and it'd be nice to see some of them get a, get a start in midweek. And James, I'll stay with you. There was a special gesture at the end where Mourinho took the match ball or a match ball off of Sun, passed it to Parrot, whispered a message in his ear. Obviously, we never really know what the message was, but what do you think it was along the lines of? Well, hopefully it was uh, get the new contract signed and, and, and make sure you stay at Tottenham for a very long time. You know, he's... It's, to make your Premier League debut at 17 is is absolutely huge. Uh, I dread to think what me and you boys were doing at 17. <laughs> but it, def- it definitely wasn't playing in front of 62,000 in, in at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So, um, you know, it's it's promising. We've got overhyped about about young players before, but it really does seem like this kid is the real deal. Um, and you know, we've let a few slip through the net uh, in, in a few in the recent years as well. So. Hopefully it's not one of those, and and hopefully we can we can use him in the right way and, and nurture him um, in the right way, and hopefully he's got a, a clean path through to to the first team. And Cole, if the post Wednesday show was doom and gloom, then I'll I'll win coupled with Chelsea's defeat. It's changed the complexion of the top four race. I'll be careful to say we're back in it. Although if we are, I guess you'd have to say Man United and Wolves will consider themselves in the race as well. Yeah, I think the way the table's looking right now, Dan, there's a few teams who will still fancy their chances, wouldn't they? And the way the season's gone and the results are going at the moment, because suddenly, you know, a team that go on a good run and you think, well, this is it, they then suddenly slip up. So, you know, I think, you know, we definitely are we're back in this race. Um, you know, it's, it's still within our hands. You know, we've got Chelsea twice. Um, and by looks of them, they could slip up again. But obviously, you know, you kind of think that we're also due, you know, one of those games at Old Trafford again at some point. Um, so I think all we can hope for is that, you know, Joe say the longer he's there and more he works on this team, we can become more solid. And I don't see any reason why, you know, we've said before when Joe say came in, didn't we? For me, you know, I, I think there's no reason why we couldn't go on to win not only the FA Cup, but also still finish in the top four. You know, it's, it's there. We can do it. And there's no reason why, you know, we should write everything off. Um, we've just got to keep playing that sort of way. 
bit more defensively, you know, solid. Uh, and why not? We, you know, it, it's all there. It's open. This, this league this year is, is there for anyone. You know, the title's gone for me. Um, so we know Liverpool are going to win it. But, you know, all the rest of them can slip up as we've seen with City as well. So no one's fallible at the moment. Yeah, I think the general consensus in regards to the top four is that if Potts are still at the club, you'd be thinking maybe the season is a write-off and we'll just settle for what we have and maybe a season out of Europe might refresh us and create a big sort of need to improve, you know, transfer-wise and all that. However, now you actually have a change of management and a fresh resurgence and all this, then you think actually six points off of top four with more than half a season to go is still a very viable concern, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, it's so important. Um, that, you know, you look at it now and you think, well, we always do this, which would you rather have? But actually, you've got to think you're sitting around the pool in August, you know, or July or whatever, and you're chatting away, talking football to somebody. And, you know, your frame of mind is, OK, we won the FA Cup, but we're going into the Europa League. Or, um, you know, players want to, not sure what's going on. If we're sitting around that pool, um, you know, someone says, ah, you know, you didn't win a trophy again, but we're top four and we're looking forward to the Champions League draw. You know, and everybody, all the players are going, well, we're Champions League again. You know, I'm not looking to move because imagine, imagine, uh, you know, if we don't get uh, top four, it, the speculation around Harry Kane moving will be, at, you know, just unbearable. Um, so important that we get that top four. And, and it is, you know, within our grasp looking at, I, I thought a couple of weeks ago that Chelsea were nailed on, but obviously they've got their flaws now. Uh, Leicester are one injury away uh, as soon as Vardy gets injured, which <laughs> looking like he isn't at the moment because he looks after himself. Off, but you know, if he gets injured, that's them. You know, they're nowhere near as good a side. Um, Man United, unfortunately, are looking quite strong, so we I can't forget about them. And City, look, on their day, they can beat anybody. We know that. Um, and you know, so it's going to be incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, I just think it is so important. And, and just on that, um, you know, obviously, whenever you talk, when I talk about being in the top four, not winning a trophy. Um, my argument is always that finishing top four is better than winning the League Cup and winning the FA Cup in the long run. Um, and people say, yeah, but we took the mickey out of Arsenal for 20 years. Well, we were wrong. You know, we were wrong to take the mickey out of Arsenal. Uh, and, you know, and I hold my hands up. We, we probably did it because we, we couldn't exactly go, well, you know what? Yeah, Arsenal, you are better than us. You know, we, we did it to take the mickey. Um, but, but actually, did they care? No, because they were in the top four in Champions League, whereas we was in the Europa and sometimes not even in that. So, yes, we took the mickey out of being top four. But actually, when you think about it, they did blooming well uh, to, to, to be in the top four for all those years. It's hard to get in the top four. Um, and it'll be, it's incredibly hard for us this year. But I'll tell you, what, if we do it this year, I will be absolutely delighted um, to, if we could do that. And I think with Jose Mourinho, top four, um, you know, all the other things that people talk about, yeah, we're looking good. We're looking good. Um, whether we get that top four is, is a different matter. My, my bet would be we don't. But, um, you know, it, things are looking good at the moment. Honestly, I, th I think we'll finish in the top four because six points is absolutely yeah. nothing. We've got, what, 22 games of the season to go? Like, I'm not going to sort of say it's a guaranteed cert, but 
we should be thinking it is, really. I mean, there's so much football still to be played. And more importantly, we've got all the big teams at home. So the second half of the season is in our favour. So there's still a lot of football to play. And James, some of that football takes place on Sunday. I mentioned Wolves. They're on an incredible unbeaten run at the moment. The second longest in the Premier League behind Liverpool. So that's not going to be an easy trip to Molyneux, is it? No, absolutely not. I think I, I really enjoy watching Wolves play. I think they're a really well-drilled team. I think they've they've got their system sorted, and uh, and I, I really like Nuno as a manager. I think he's got a great um, a great setup going, and uh, some great players on the side. So um, it's it's a t- difficult place to go. Um, I, it's cliche, but I think it is it is a really difficult place to go. It's it's quite a tight stadium, and. Uh, and as I say, they've they've got their they've got their tactics sorted. So um, it'll be it'll be a tough one. I think we will just have too much quality in attack to um, to, to phase them. I think they're missing uh, Willie Bolly, who's a, a really massive player for them at the back, and uh, players like Den Donker uh, and Sais who, who fill in a, a, in their back three. I think they'll struggle to to handle Son um, for one player. Ali Ali arriving late as well. Um, I think it, it, we'll just have too much for them but um, yeah they're a really good team and it's definitely not going to be a walk in the park it, it certainly won't be a 5-0 like it was this weekend um, but you know I, I'd like to think that these are the games that, that we should be going to with a little bit of confidence you know looking at the team sheets that we can that we can get three points there Should we finish in the top four that does mean a return to the Champions League although don't forget we can still win the thing so it's a trip to Bayern in midweek thankfully it's a dead rubber Let's not hope another 7-2 mauling lies in wait. But, Carl, when you look at Bayern Munich this season, they're a bloody weird team because they're seven points off the Bundesliga pace. They've lost their last two. They're most definitely a team in transition after losing uh, Robin and Ribéry. So how on earth did we lose that game in that manner? Yeah, that, that was just one of them bizarre nights, wasn't it? And then at the same time, you know, when it got to 4-2, I think Poch just went, you know, balls in, didn't he? And right, let's go for it. Um, and we ended up just leaving ourselves way too open at the back. And, and then we were just on a drubbing at that point, wasn't we? And as each goal went in, it just got worse and worse. Um, I think, as you said, the good thing here is for me, you know, if, if it's me, I, I want to see some of the key players rested. Um, this week, you know, there's no need for us to go and take the risk. We're already through. We've qualified. Um, and for me, I'd like to see, you know, this is a game where we should, you know, that that's give Parrot a start. That's that's give some of the fringe players. You know, I'd even play Ericsson, to be honest, you know, and let him know, well, you're not one of my key players in important games, but I'll give you a game here, you know, with maybe the Celso as well. Um, because I just would like to see Son, Kane, you know, some of those players given given a little rest. Um, and that way, you know, should we be on the end of a wrong result, then those players who've kind of got some confidence now, you know, might be one of them. It's like, well, at least I've been playing that, so I've not had my confidence knocked again. Um, and we may as well, you know, this is a busy period uh, football-wise. So, you know, with that Wolves game coming up in the league, for me, that is the far more important game for us right now. And I'd like to see some players fresh for that, because as James said, that's going to be a hard game at Molyneux. They're a really good side, Wolves, and they will push us all the way there. And we'll need our top players, you know, on form. So that's not going knacker them out in midweek in a game that means nothing. Steve, would you go for full rotation or would you like to try and continue this winning momentum? Because obviously, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, we can't not finish second in the group now. So, like I say, it's a dead rubber. We could lose 10 0 and it wouldn't really matter too much. So, what would you advocate your first 11 being on midweek? 
Well, absolutely. I wouldn't mind us losing Tenu. I've got absolutely zero interest in this game whatsoever, apart from the fact that if we play any of our players that have played in the last, um, you know, any of our top players, I will be absolutely livid. We need to play players that are not going to play against Wolves. So Ericsson, no problem. I don't even want to see Lachelso play because I want him to be fresh for us. So he's on the bench ready to come on. Uh, literally, this game means absolutely nothing. This game is, is less important than a pre-season friendly. It has nothing riding on it whatsoever. If we lose 10-0, it doesn't matter in any way whatsoever. What does matter is making sure that we don't have any injuries. So say we play Lachelso to give him fitness and then he goes down and he's out for another six weeks. That's, that's no good at all. So play the kids... Uh, play, play, you know, so I don't even want to see Mourinho there. I, want, I, I, I hope that I switch to telly on a Wednesday and they say Mourinho hasn't travelled. He's actually staying and having training with, the, with, with um, Spurs, you know, back at Spurs. That would, that, to me, that would be like, oh, that is, what a great decision. Because that just shows how much commitment, commitment he's got to, you know, winning the important football matches. And th- th- this is meaningless completely and utterly. So please don't play pl- players like Mora or, or Sun up front because Kane's going to be rested. Got to play Troy Parrott unless he wants Troy Parrott to play on Sunday. And the one thing I would say about the Sunday game, of course, is that Wolves, I think I'm right in saying, their game isn't a dead rubber on Thursday. Is that right? Do they need a result? I believe they Yes, I think they do. Yes, so they'll play the strength side. No, I mean, Wolves are through, but I think it matters whether they finish first or second in their group. I know know they're through to the next round, but it it, it matters matters on where they finish in their group. It doesn't matter as much. Either way, I I, I don't think they can rotate very much anyway. So that could be, you know, a good sign for us for Sunday because they'll play a lot of their players in their game. Honestly, I don't want us to play any. I'll watch it. Um, you know, and if we score, I'll, you know, <laughs> saying all that, I will probably leap around. But I, I, honestly, please don't play any of our top players in that game. It, it, it means nothing. Right. With the Bayern game being a dead rubber, there's no point doing the prediction game for that one. So let's focus on Wolves. Let's recap on the results from Saturday. Myself and Carl got the outcome right, but not the score. So Carl moves up to five points. The guests and I are on three points each. And James, you're popping up the table with just a solitary point at the moment so you've got some work to do and because you've got some work to do James I'll let you go first what is going to be the score between Wolves and Tottenham on Sunday uh, I'm going to go for a nice uh, 2-1 Tottenham okay and Steve I'll let you go next what are you thinking is going to be Sunday's score I'm going to revert back to the 3-2 3-0 up and then they score two goals and it's uh, a nervy last few minutes just like last season then and Carl what about yourself mate uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for us then. Um, be a tight game, but I think we'll, ju- we'll just nick it with a Harry Kane goal. OK, in that case, I will go for a 3-1 away win. So we've all gone for wins across the board with varying amount of goals and such conceded. So that is pretty much it for tonight's show. I just need to do some admin, which first up, I need to thank my guests. Steve, another cracking effort. I hope you'd like to join us in the new year. Yeah, fantastic. Well done. Uh, you know, it's really enjoyable. Get the old therapy out each week. And uh, uh, thanks very much. Not a problem, mate. And Cole, thanks ever so much. We'll be joining each other next week, won't we? Yep, definitely, Dan. Enjoyed this one. Cheers, guys. Fantastic. And James, hopefully the same for you. 
Absolutely, mate. Thanks very much for having us again. Not a problem. So, if you have any questions or comments, like I said earlier, do get them in because we like to discuss what you want to know. Also, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, leave a nice review. It helps us move up the league table ourselves. Anyway, with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and as always, come on you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.